weekend, just down the hall in The Rock, we got to host what's called the Called Conference. And the Called Conference is a conference for students around the state of Texas who feel called, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but all of us, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are called to ministry. God has placed you where you are on purpose but feel called specifically to vocational ministry, either as a missionary or as a minister. And so we were hosting this conference, and I'm in the room looking around, and I'm thinking as I look in the room, like, God, this is really cool that we get to be part of this. In the room, I was watching as we've been praying for God to, through us, multiply churches in our city and around the world to multiply environments and multiply relationships I'm like I'm watching it happen in front of my eyes like we want God to use us not just to be part of what God's doing in this church but to be part of what he's doing around the world through churches and in that room are the future leaders of churches around the world and it was in the environment uh, maybe y'all heard us talk about this in the past year that is really falling apart in our church the oldest building on our campus that the chillers 15 year life expectancy 30 years old the roof is leaking the walls are rotting the plumbing's got problems and so many of you have said we're going to give to multiplying environments so that we can be part of doing this and I'm watching the room and thinking about how God has done that through the leaders in our church for years and God's going to do that moving forward I'm watching that play out and then I look at the fact that they're all at tables this is just some of them there's about a hundred plus I heard that were there I guess to be in the room I didn't count them all and at the tables they would sit down and God was multiplying relationships I got to talk to some of the students and again from around the state of Texas uh, we, we had Brownwood students we had Longview students we had New Braunfels students we had Lubbock students we had I mean all over but they were sitting at the table and for many of them for the first time with peers their age that God was calling to a ministry like theirs and watching them light up as God grew relationships with like-minded people that he was using and I'm sitting there thinking this is awesome and it prompted me to think about what God gets to do in the groups that every church is part of. That God gets, we're in a series that we've called The Table. And if you want to open your Bible, we're in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're looking at what happened in the early church after they heard the good news of Jesus. And some 3,000 people placed their faith in Christ. God did something in the church where, where he brought people to a smaller setting to, and well, well I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, back up. We believe in our church, we're not trying to do anything new, we're trying to do what the Bible has called us to do and the church has done for some 2,000 years, 
that we have a discipleship pathway, and this is the way we talk about it, that all believers are called to worship God, to live in community, to serve others, and to make disciples. We believe that Jesus was clear with the mission to make disciples, that he start, started a church. Church literally means the assembly of the called out ones, that we're to worship God together individually and corporately, to live in community, serve others, and make disciples. Specifically, during the last month, including today, we focused on what the community in the early church was doing, and we've, we've invited the example of the early church in Acts to guide us as we seek to live in community in the church around the table. So Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to start, but to give you a little context, the author of Luke, of Luke, he was also the author of Luke, the author of Acts was Luke, he was a doctor, and he tells us in his first book, he wants to give us an accurate account of what happened, and in his first book, he tells us all about Jesus. If, if you're new to church and you don't understand why Justin already today has talked about Jesus many times, it's because it's about Jesus. And, and, the, and he tells us in that first book that there's a real king and a real kingdom. The king's name is Jesus. He's the Messiah, the one the Old Testament pointed to, the Christ, the Son of God. And he tells us that in his love and in, by his grace that, that Jesus was born in the flesh. He lived a perfect life. He died for our sin on the cross, and he rose again. This is the good news. That's where the first book ends. Acts starts after he rose again, and Jesus is basically having a called conference for 40 days with his followers. And he's saying, you're, you're, you're being sent in the world. He's, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go make disciples. You know that in Matthew and Acts, the way that we have it recorded and worded for us is you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit becomes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Then he goes up into heaven and angels say, he's coming back. Why don't y'all do what he said? So they said, okay, well, first thing he said to do is to pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. So they pray in chapter one, the Holy Spirit comes in chapter two. Peter tells them all that Luke told us and I just told you about Jesus coming, living a perfect life, dying for their sin. The people then ask, well, how do we respond? He says, repent, be baptized for forgiveness of sin. The Bible uses repent, believe, faith. You all know that, those words, right? Repent, believe, faith, follow, and they do. There's 3,000 people in the church. Well, what do they do? The church? Like a Christian church has never happened. What do they do? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, invite you to stand in order to honor God's word, to recognize the spirit directed the writing of this for us and for the glory of God. It says, And they, those who believed, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I invite you to put a hand up just because that's what we're doing today in prayer. God, we surrender to your direction. Holy Spirit, we don't really need more information. We need transformation. And you're the one that can do that in our hearts and lives, so we want to invite you into this moment. Help, may the words of my mouth be the words that you want spoken, the words heard be what you want heard. To help your people and to glorify your name. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So what did the early church do? Verse 42, we've used this as our piggyback verse. It says they devoted. When they were living in community in the early church, they devoted themselves. And then he'll list four things with a definite article in front. Devoted. Let, that, that word devoted tells us what they were doing doing as they were doing those things or how much effort was going into it even in the English you see that the word they're devoted implies that they were persisting in or persevering in it implies that there was effort in what they were doing and that it was not easy we've said this biblical community is not found as much as it's Forged, and, and what do I mean by that? The early church was devoting themselves to the things that make up biblical community. And so, we've said biblical community is forged, not found. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or you're in the room, you do know Jesus, you don't have community, I do believe this week you can sit at the table in one of our groups and maybe step into finding, on some level, community. But if you want to be part of really what God has done through the church in community for thousands of years, you need to know that it's going to take devotion to fully experience what God desires. People are messy. We're sinful even as Christians. Biblical community is not something that's easy. It's worked on, and it works on us to grow us into the image of Christ. It forges. It says they devoted themselves Two, the apostles' teaching. That was the first week in our series, the fellowship. The next week, last week, if you missed, Ben did a phenomenal job walking us through what it looked like in the early church for them to break bread and inviting us into community that will break bread. And today, the prayers prayers today we're going to talk about prayer a little bit uh, I hope if you're in community in our church whether it's a life group a marriage group a men's group a women's group whatever your group looks like that you're getting to experience prayer on some level what did it look like in the early church 
Well, notice right after it says they devoted themselves to these four things, it says in verse 43, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So in the early church, just observation here, when they were devoting themselves to those four things, God demonstrated his power. Did those things have to happen for God to do that? No, I don't think so. God, God does not dependent on us to, to work and to move. But in a unique way, and I want to show you in Acts, and maybe you know from the history of the church, that when people have come together and devoted themselves to prayer, God has chosen to demonstrate his power. And I want to invite us and maybe challenge us through what we see in Acts to devote ourselves to prayer and watch how God just chooses to demonstrate his power in and through that. Devote ourselves to prayer and watch God demonstrate his power. Well, how does God demonstrate his power? How does God demonstrate his power when they devote themselves to prayer? Well, in Acts, the first one that I'll point out to you uh, is one I think that we expect to see when we hear about signs and wonders. Healing. Maybe uh, you've grown up in a church that talks about healing and says healing doesn't happen, or maybe every Sunday someone would get on stage and there would be a healing service. I don't know where you fall in that whole thing, but we see in Acts healing. Uh, Emo Phillips, I'm going to have a little fun. Uh, Emo Phillips was a Christian and is a Christian comedian that talks about growing up in a Protestant church. And Emo said when he was young, every day he would pray that God would give him a bike. Every day. He said, but then I went to church and I learned more about prayer. So... I went and stole a bike, and then I prayed and asked God to forgive me. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know what you've been taught around healing, but you've probably experienced, if you've prayed for God to help you get better or someone else to get better, you've experienced that it's not like a genie in a lamp, right? It's not like when you pray, all of a sudden you get a bike and you get better. Right? So, so how does this play out? Well, just real quick, in Acts chapter 3, we, we've been looking at the context of their prayers. What, what signs and wonders were they see, seeing? Uh, in Acts chapter 3, maybe you grew up in the church and you heard a song that told the Acts chapter 3 story this way. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He stood out his palm and he asked for an alm. And this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, did anybody know this song growing up? Yes, yes, a lot of you did. What, what I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. That's what happens in the next few verses. They then, well, I'll tell you the rest of the story in a little bit. In the book of Acts, 
we see God supernaturally heal. In fact, Peter's shadow, chapter 5 tells us, was healing people. Paul, in chapter 19 of Acts, this was fun for me to, to, to look at this week. Paul, in chapter 19, there were pieces of material that had touched his skin that they would take to other people and they were being healed. What? We see blind men, recovering sight, paralyzed men, walking, possessed men, being freed. Paul's snake bitten and he doesn't get sick. And the people, when this happens, it's so clear when it happens through the story that God is demonstrating his power to all that are around. And then they get to use that to talk to the people about Jesus and who he is and what he has done. One of the, the, the healing miracles in, in Acts is even healing from a long, boring sermon. Really? <laughs> like a guy falls out of his window asleep and dies. And then God heals. Y'all, if you want to meet me in the response room, ask for and ask for that healing. I can work on it. I, I, yeah. I don't know where you fall and there's a passage in 1 Corinthians. We're going to be walking through 1 Corinthians this fall. I'm really excited because it talks about what does it look like for us to not unite around human leaders but around our king on the throne. 1 Corinthians is all about what does it look like to live in a culture that's arrogantly following other people and instead focus on Jesus. But in 1 Corinthians there's a passage that talks about the spiritual gifts and then when the gifts fail. And so some people look at that differently. And I want you to know you can see the healing passage differently and still be a very welcome part of this church family my personal I've seen supernatural healing I haven't seen him do it all the time but I've seen it so I can't deny it and I've seen it more overseas where the Bible and the good news of Jesus is not as prevalent I was in Nepal I had a guy by the name of Deepak who was my interpreter I said Deepak how did you grow up and he said I grew up with being Buddhist and Hindu, we go to the Buddhist and Hindu temples that kind of their religions have come together. I said, how do you come to know Jesus? And he said, well, I didn't know anybody that knew Jesus. I just knew the Hindu and Buddhist temples, but I was blind growing up. And as I was blind growing up, I would go to the Hindu and Buddhist priests and they would tell me I was doing something wrong, but they couldn't fix it. And then I had someone tell me about a Christian church that would pray for me. And I went to the church and he prayed for me and they said, don't leave. He said, I didn't get healed. First day, second day, they prayed for me and I started to be able to see. He said, four days into them praying for me, I had full sight. And I said, okay, God's power is being demonstrated to me. Whoever your God is, is the God I wanna follow. And I said, wow, tell me about the people in your church. He said, the people in my church, almost every one of them are believers because they were physically supernaturally healed or someone in their family was. What do you do with that? I think it's okay in our groups to pray for healing. It's blessed me. It's one of the ways the church comes together to help and support. It's one of the ways groups love and support each other. In fact, not just okay, I think it's good. I think it's good. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no. But I want you to see now for the rest of my talk, that's not the primary prayer in Acts. It's not the primary prayer that the groups were praying. Uh, the, the, the primary prayers that the group were praying, in fact, the way that God's power is being demonstrated even in Acts, shows up as they pray 
in other supernatural ways. Next one I want to point out to you, that when they devoted themselves to prayer, God demonstrated his power to unify. To unify an incredibly diverse group of people. They were speaking different languages, Acts chapter 6 tells us in the church, that the world had gathered in Jerusalem for the Passover and then for Pentecost. There was people from all over. And in the church, they were unified. How? How do you explain what happened? Well, we read about it uh, as we've gone through this series. In, In verse 44, it says, All who believed were together... And they had all things in common. Well, that's a result of the Spirit's work in their life, but how did that relate to prayer? I want you to back up with me and look at chapter 1. Chapter 1 tells us that the church devoted themselves to prayer after Jesus went up into heaven. Interesting, that's the only thing in chapter 1 they're devoting themselves to so far doesn't say they were devoting themselves to apostles teaching to fellowship the breaking of bread but it does say they're devoting themselves to prayer here's what we read in verse 14 all of these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers what does one accord mean Uh, well their prayer service was not a bunch of clowns in an accord. That's not what that means. Uh, some of you might actually think that's what a prayer gathering looks like. No, the, the, the word there, accord, literally means purpose. They were gathered together in prayer with one purpose. And we're going to talk about that purpose as we keep going in a few minutes. But this purpose, this purpose was that God through their life would accomplish the great commission. That God would use them to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That the Spirit would supernaturally empower them to be part of his plan to save the world. That's that's what their purpose was and they're praying in the upper room right now with one purpose and as they do God brings them together they're not focused on fighting each other they're focused on fighting for God with one purpose I think the picture instead of a bunch of clowns in one accord looks a lot more like this when the church is praying the way that we see in Acts they realize that we have a battle to fight that God has called us to. And together, as a body, we're gonna pray for the Spirit to empower us to do what we cannot do on our own. And you know what happens? Unity. Unity in the church. And y'all know that a lot of churches struggle with unity? Back to our comedian, Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips said he walked up on a guy on the bridge, a bridge. He said, hey, what are you doing? The guy said, well, actually, I'm about to jump. He said, no, don't, don't, don't do that. He, he, he said, the guy said, why? He said, do, do you believe in God? The guy said, yes, I believe in God. He said, are you a Jew? Or are you a Christian? He said, I'm a Christian. He said, me too, me too. Are, are, are you Protestant? Are you Catholic? 
guy said, I'm Protestant. Me too, me too. He said, are are you um, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian? He said, I'm I'm Baptist. Me too, me too. Are are you American Baptist? Are you Southern Baptist? He said, I'm Southern Baptist. Me too. That's all. He said, are, are, are you BGCT, Baptist General Convention of Texas? Or are you the Southern Baptist Convention of Texas? He said, I'm, I'm a BGCT. Die, heretic. Then he pushed him off the bridge. <laughs> Do you all see that happen sometimes in the church? When we focus on each other, Instead of the mission God called us to, I'm a five-point Calvinist. No, I'm a three-point Calvinist. Calvinist? What? How could you damn people like that? Literally. And then there's, what? God accomplished through us the mission you've called us to. And when that happens, supernatural unity in the church. When we devote ourselves to prayer, God demonstrates his power. A few weeks ago, Martin Luther King Day, I posted on social media a picture of hands up in the air. And I, I, uh, under that, I've listed the, the view of heaven, right, where every tribe, every tongue, like just, I, I wrote out that passage, is before the throne praising God. And then a quote from Martin Luther King, and then just was praying for, for that to be true in the church. And I used the word diversity. And someone pointed out to me, and I'm, let me finish this thought. Someone pointed out to me, Sam, diversity is not the goal. Hell is diverse. Unity in the midst of diversity is what shows glory to God. And if you're here today and you don't look like us, you need to know that is awesome. When I say us, I hope we are, none of us look like us, right? And we're working together for the glory of God. If you're here and you don't, you're not the same age as the person beside you. I think there's beauty in being a multi-generational church, but not when they fight each other, right? When we're together praying for God to accomplish through us the mission he's gotten for us, right? There's this, I want, I believe, God desires to show his glory through diversity in the church when we are unified together on the mission he's called us to, which leads us and church, a divided nation right now needs a united church. You want to show the glory of God to the world? Demonstrate his power? Stop fighting the way the world is fighting right now and fight for the glory of God together. Third thing, which leads to that, when we devote ourselves to prayer, we get to watch God demonstrate his power to save, to save. In Acts The prayers that you read, very few of them are actually about healing. In fact, the healing that happens are really more declarations by the apostles. It's interesting. Like the the one I just explained to you in chapter 3. Peter doesn't say, hey, let's pray about this. He says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the person does. Uh, When the church gets together to pray... The church prays that the Holy Spirit would empower them to accomplish the mission that he has called them to. 
that they would have boldness and strength to declare the name of Jesus so that the world will be saved. That's the prayers we see primarily around the tables in the book of Acts. This does not mean stop praying that God would help heal. That's not it. What would it look like for you to start praying in your groups for God to supernaturally empower you to save the people around you? I want to show you one of those prayers after Peter and John get, go to pray and they meet the lame man. They tell him about Jesus. The religious leaders get them in trouble and they say, don't teach in his name. And they say, we're going to obey God rather than man. And then they return to the, the church and we actually get to read their words of prayer in chapter 4. So go to verse 23 of chapter 4. When they were released... They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouths of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, the one who does save, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and give your people a bike. Is that what they pray? No. And that's so often been my prayers in life. He says, now, O Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal, still there, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Get people's attention, display your power. And give us the strength to, to boldly proclaim the gospel after. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was what? Shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Ah! Ah! When was the last time uh, your table prayed that way I, I believe I believe when we pray for God to work in and through us in supernatural ways to bring the hope of the gospel to the world there's a supernatural unity that happens in our groups and then in addition to that I believe often that's when we start seeing some supernatural healing happen as God demonstrates his power to the world and we get to share the good news of Christ what would it look like for us to pray that way well here's the so what so what uh, application in response to those things so what so what in a few weeks uh, we're gonna have another prayer gathering uh, you, you, you might think why, why do we do prayer gatherings in the big room well I hope you know that the front line of prayer is actually our smaller tables that's where we actually get to pray for and with others in the room in a close relationship Y'all know we started the year, kicked off on the 31st, I guess, of December with a prayer service. We do that regularly. We're in the room, we pray because we believe we can't do anything apart from him. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. February the 14th 
is Ash Wednesday. It's also, anybody know that date? That's also Valentine's Day. Yes, if you go on a date with your wife, you're not in trouble. But we want to invite, and I would say even challenge you to be here with us as we worship together and we pray together. And that day, as we start, Ash Wednesday, the season of Lent. What? I said Lent in a Baptist church? Die, heretic. As we start the season of Lent, we're going to invite, and I would say challenge you, to fast from something. And I don't know what that will be for you but something that will prompt you to pray, to be serious about prayer. And we believe as we devote ourselves to prayer, God's gonna demonstrate his power. So that's coming. Be praying over even what would God call you to fast from as we pray together going towards Easter. The second thing I wanna point out to you and hear more about this from Michael in just a moment. Around our sanctuary today is our mission expo. We have our mission partners that are in our city and around the world. And we wanna invite you to go check out what it would look like to be part of an overseas international mission trip. Or also, what would it look like for you in our city to be part of together, Braveheart moments, advancing the gospel with our neighbors. What would that look like? And we say in our church to pray, give, go, and Michael will talk to you about that. Not all of you may be able to go this year. If you're giving to multiply, you're part of it. All of us can pray. So I want to invite you to those tables after we're done here in just a second. And then finally, let's pray more. And here's here's a phrase that I hear people who are really prayers use often. Not, oh, I heard heard something is hard in your life. That's too bad. But they stop when they hear that and say, can I pray for that right now? Uh, When you're in a group. And someone shares with the group that they have a friend who doesn't know Christ. For for you to stop and say, hey, can we stop right now and pray for that together? I, I think we can, at times, say we believe in prayer and talk about prayer and not engage prayer. What would it look like for you this week to say, I'm gonna use this phrase more often in the groups that God has placed me in. Can I or we pray right now for that? This last week, I told you already about the call conference. But we had a man in our church who's called to serve Jesus at a business. And not vocational ministry, right? But he's in ministry, like all of you, if you believe in Christ. And someone on the leadership team that he's part of shared with the room that, hey, they, they did a scan on my body because I've been having symptoms. And he said, I've got a, a, a mass on my pancreas. And he shares with the room, this is not a Christian company. And so they were like, man, that's too bad. I'm sorry, when you get another checkup. And he says, then the meeting ends. This man in our church went to him. He said, can I pray for you right now? And the man says, well, I'm not a God believer, but that's fine. You can pray for him. So this man in our church prays that God would demonstrate his power in a big way and specifically prayed, I want you to amaze the doctors. The next time he goes back for an appointment, I want the doctors to not even be able to explain what you do. A few days later, calls this man on the phone, this man he prayed for. And he said, you'll never believe what happened. It's exactly what you prayed for. I went into the doctor's office and they're like, we can't explain to you what happened, but that that mass is not there anymore. God demonstrating his power because he engaged prayer and he wants to do that through you. 
I want to bring up right now leaders in our community helping lead our young adult group, the Ballou family. This is Kyle and Jeannie. Janine and Kyle Ballou are leading our young adult group. Well, actually, I shouldn't sit down yet, should I? I should shake your hand probably as you come up. Yes. And uh, they have seen God use community in a lot of different churches. Uh, and so he's going to share a little bit about how that's worked and what God's doing in and through. And she is going to share a little bit about how that's worked and what God's done in and through that. So, so tell, uh, tell us how community's been used in y'all's life. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so we're, uh, we've been at this church for t- about three years. Um, so mil- re- retired military, uh, retired about three years ago. Um, and so we're used to being the new family in the church. It's very awkward. Um, and I think we've been through about seven churches. Um, so every time we go to a new location, that's the first place we, or that's the first thing we do is we look for, uh, where God wants us to, before we even find a place to live. Um, and so God has really blessed us everywhere we've gone across the United States. Um, and he's he's allowed us to be a part of a, a local body, um, of believers in, in a church that, um, that emphasizes the word of God and, and prayer and community. So, um, that has just, God has just shown us that, that there are believers everywhere. And it's just really cool to see how unified the body really is. When you go to different churches, it's not cultural. It is the body of Christ. Um, but specifically, um, about 2006, uh, we were in Omaha and, and, uh, I had to deploy to Iraq and about halfway through, uh, we got the diagnosis. Uh, my wife did that. Um, she had, um, MS multiple sclerosis. And it was really difficult for us to, to process through. Um, she had gone down to San Antonio to be with family, and, and our, our girls were, were young at that time. Um, but we just felt the, the, the bodies, both in Omaha and um, in San Antonio, just wrap their arms around us wow. and pray with us and just walk through that with us. And um, I, I would not have been able to stay where I was um, if I didn't know um, that peace and felt that peace um, of, of the body praying for Janine and, and our family. And I was able to, I was just remembering this, um, share that with um, a chapel service um, in Iraq uh, with wow. about 200 um, soldiers, um, just proclaiming the, the peace of God that passes all understanding, even in the middle of turmoil and war and, and conflict. Wow. So y'all felt that the body kind of come around y'all in that time. And I'm sure there were people who prayed for you and, and were supporting you in other ways. Uh, y'all help lead our young adult group now in the church. Uh, what does prayer look like right now in the group that y'all are helping to lead? Well, I mean, uh, first we moved out of the theater, which was really good. Uh, we moved into a, into a, a, a room where uh, we can all um, come together and, and, um, and, and kind of see each other. Um, we used to um, divide up into smaller groups and pray. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of them in our group said, we really want to pray together. We want to know what's going on with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- once we started doing that, it takes a lot of time, um, of the, uh, you know, so we have to be judicious of that time. Um, but it is so fruitful uh, when we get to um, interact with each other. We get to pray for each other. Uh, we post it. And so during the week, we, we know that, um, you know, I tell them, I'm praying for you this week. And we send updates throughout the week. And so that's just a way for us to stay connected throughout the week. Yeah, it's just like Ben said last week. We went from meeting in rows to a circle. And yeah. it just, everything got deeper. It mm. was great. 
Yeah, super cool. Yeah, you, getting face-to-face, -face, hearing, sharing, and community. What would you tell someone in the room? Uh, maybe Janine, you wanna piggyback on this, I don't know. What would you tell someone in the room that may not have community yet? Uh, what would you invite them to or challenge them with? Um, I would say we have found by serving, that's the best way. You said it earlier, we're all called to missions. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've found. Yeah. Awesome. Would you have anything to add? To um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, it is kind of awkward at first, but um, when, when you are living your life for the purpose that God created you for before the, before the foundations of the earth, um, then you are, you are in stride with that unity um, and you are going to find purpose in your life. And, and it does come through, through serving. And to today, right, there's a unique opportunity for a lot of people to engage that even with our partners outside of the room. So I want to pray. Thank you all for the way you're leading. I want to pray that God would supernaturally empower you all to lead, show his power through you as you lead. Continue to do that. And for all of us here in the room. So y'all pray with me right now. God, I thank you for the blues. God, I thank you for the way that you've used community in their life. And God, I, I pray in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, for the community they're part of right now, our young adult group, and for each community that's represented in this room. Help us, Lord, to engage the gift of prayer in a way that would be helpful for your people and would demonstrate your glory to the world. I pray that you would empower your people even in the process and the action of prayer. Thank you again for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you've saved us to be part of your plan. Help us to bring that message to the world for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we wanna invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's gonna preach the Bible and exalt Jesus. Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.